Welcome to the I Work For Him Power Pod. I'm Michael Miracle, producer for I Work For Him, the voice of the faith and work movement. We are on mission to transform the workplace of every Christian into a mission field. Each quick listening power pod is designed with you in mind and jam-packed with kingdom resources to help you connect your faith and work. How will this impact your workplace? Let's find out right now. You know, Christ followers should be the biggest innovators and leaders in transformational change in our world. Why do I think that? Because we have an unfair advantage, the Holy Spirit of God. We have access to the drawing rooms of heaven. We have access to the blueprints of God. But how often do we allow God to speak his truth into our lives and his plans allow them to override ours? How often are you allowing our Heavenly Father to speak his plans into your heart so that culture, society, your neighborhood, your cubicle farm, all of those to be blessed because of your faith in Jesus Christ? Today, we're going to go to a workplace that's changing the world as we know it. Kids and adults on the autism scale. Where do they work? Why did God create them with autism? Hmm. Did he create them with autism? Tim Hansen with MindShift.Works joins us today from Minneapolis to tell us this incredible story. Tim Hansen, welcome to I Work For Him. How has the faith that God has given you shaped your work? Well, that's a great question. I think... You know, work is such a big part of our lives. We spend more time at work than than anything else than probably sleeping. And so my faith is such a big part of my life. It shapes my life. And I assume it's it's the same way with you. So, um, you know, my dad always used to say that in business, the way that we that we reflect Jesus command to love your neighbor that really means, you know, don't do anything to someone else that you wouldn't want done to you. Mm-hmm. So uh, I try to I try to practice that and conduct my business with those kind of truths in mind. And, you know, I, I put my business and my activities in the hands of the Lord every day when I wake up and uh, trust that he will guide and direct me that day. So, Joe, uh, so Joe is a huge part of your story, Tim. And I'd love for you to tell us about your family and how Joe, your son, influenced you to where you're at today with MindShift.Works. Well, I'll tell you, uh, I, I think, Jim, you can probably understand this. I married up. So As my we wife, all did. Stephanie, yeah. <laughs> so my wife, Stephanie, and I have been married for 29 years. Uh, we have four children. Joe is our only son, and he's our oldest. And we have three daughters, Maria, Lily, and Sophia. And um, when Joe was diagnosed with autism, my wife was really a, a pillar of strength. I was kind of a mess because they had lots of plans for what my son's life was going to be like. And uh, um, that isn't his life. Those were, again, my plans, not his. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh from a very early age, our, our goal was to provide Joe with as much opportunity as possible uh, to be all that he could be. Um, I will confess that we spent a small fortune on speech therapy and other programs. With I had it in my mind that Joe would somehow be healed of autism, if, if that makes sense. That might sound kind of strange, but I, that was my prayer. Mm-hmm that Joe would be healed from autism. And um, that was 
uh, I was fairly vocal about that, even around our family. And uh, my daughter, Maria, who's two years younger than Joe, uh, she used to ask me regularly, hey, if you could have any wish come true, Dad, what would that be? And I would always say, you know, my wish would be that Joe doesn't have autism. So we're driving down the road. Maria's in the back seat with Lily, and she asked me the same question. She's probably six years old. And I gave the same answer. I said, I, my, you know, if I could have any wish, it would be that Joe doesn't have autism. And Maria said, at age six, she said, but Dad, if Joe didn't have autism, he wouldn't be Joe. Huh. And I almost drove off the road because that was such a profound truth. Mm-hmm. He is the way God made him. That's, that's who Joe is. And, you know, I stopped praying that Joe would be healed from autism on that day mm-hmm. because that, that's sort of praying against God's purposes in Joe's life. So, Tim, what I love is that you shared that there, are, I mean, you're not the only family with an autistic son, are you? No, heavens, no. How many how many autistic kids are there in the United States approximately today? Do you have any idea? Well, the the statistics are that about one in sixty eight children is on the autism spectrum. Uh, there have been uh, um, numbers thrown around that it's it's one in forty two or one in forty five. I think it's probably roughly about one percent of the population. Uh, is considered autistic or on the autism spectrum. But you have to remember, it's a very broad spectrum. So there are people on the autism spectrum that are pretty high functioning, that that get along just fine. Um, In the workplace, they've been able to kind of develop the the skills and the strategies to be effective on their own. Mm -hmm. Um, But there's a lot of folks on the autism spectrum that have great gifts but just have um, a challenge oftentimes, uh, and this is speaking in generalities, but oftentimes are, are a little awkward socially. Mm-hmm. And because they're awkward socially, uh, it, it makes it difficult for them to have good interviews. And in, in the workplace, you know, folks that interview well tend to get the job. So, mm-hmm. but, but uh, that doesn't answer your question. There's a, there's a, a lot of people on the autism spectrum and, roughly 1% of the population. As Joe um, aged, uh, you know, obviously you as a parent, you and your wife together were probably wondering um, how Joe could um, have, you know, a a job or be able to, you know, what he was going to do, you know, as an adult. And you said now he's 25 years old. Um, so how, what did God kind of stir up in you? Well, you know, when you're, when you're given a diagnosis of autism, and this is, you know, 22 years ago, Joe was diagnosed, mm-hmm. uh, the, the, uh, the outlook was pretty grim. It, and it was a lot of dated information about autism. So uh, we were kind of shocked because what we were seeing was that, you know, um, the the um, the person that was described in the literature was not was not Joe. Mm. You know, Joe made eye contact. Joe had uh, great um, uh, empathy and was was comfortable being touched. And so, uh, 
and, and the other thing was that Joe is is very bright. He has a normal IQ, measured normal IQ. Okay. Um, but if you met Joe, uh, he has an auditory processing disorder. So his expressive language, he has expressive language, but um, he uses a lot of lines from Sesame Street or from movies that he's familiar with to make to connect with people. And if you don't know him and this six foot two, 220 pound guy walks up to you and starts quoting from, you know, oh, brother, where art thou without saying, hey, how are you? That can be a little bit strange, right? The Lord kind of prompted you and said, Tim, I created Joe on purpose. He's not disabled. He's specially abled. He, yeah. He's not, a, as you said to me when we were prepping for the interview, he's not a neurotypical thinker. But you know what? There's a lot of benefits to some of those things. Uh, because you said, you know, th- that he was a little socially awkward. Well, there's a lot of people that are socially awkward that are typical <laughs> thinkers that I don't, you know, anyway, we're not going to go down that way. You could you could do a whole stand-up routine on them. So, talk to us how the Lord led you to where you formed mindshift.works because this is significant because the kingdom needs to hear this because because we know that God doesn't make mistakes, because we know that autistic kids are created on purpose, there's a reason. Talk about what the, how the Lord revealed that to you and, and how it moved you to doing MindShift.Works. Th- thanks for asking that. I, um, you know, I mentioned that, that I grew up in a, in a Christian home and developed um, a lot of good habits, good Christian habits. So I start the day in prayer. And I start the day in the in the Word, and I'm in a small group where we hold each other accountable. And those things, uh, you know, if you practice that as a Christian and you're putting your life in God's hands and you're asking for direction and guidance, wow, He actually gives you direction and guidance. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, we were we were baffled that we have this very handsome, very smart son who isn't like the other kids. And we we would always say, gosh, there's got to be a way to leverage his skills because he has these, you know, really cool skills. There's got to be a way to leverage them that isn't like a parlor trick, right? If you saw the movie Mm -hmm. Rain Man and the deck of cards, um, you know, Dustin Hoffman's character can count cards into, you know, four decks of, mm-hmm. of cards. Mm-hmm. And he knows you know, the Wapner's not... on at four. He knows that yeah. as well. Right. So, so, so those kind of, and by the way, that's not uncommon, the, the kind of spikes in, in capabilities among people on the autism spectrum. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, it's not, you'd like to think there's more to it than just a parlor trick, right? So we were, praying about it and trying to figure out, you know, Joe was going, now he was in high school. Hey, what, what is he going to do when he graduates from high school? Mm -hmm. Because he's got to work, you know, that's a, that's a, uh, um, it's a characteristic or a quality that our, our parents, both my wife and I, our parents really instilled in us the importance of work, got to work, got to stay busy. And um, I was out in California meeting with, a client for my for-profit business, and we were talking about our families, and I mentioned that my son was autistic, and this client said, hey, did you read that article in Wired magazine about this Danish consulting firm 
that hires, trains, and then contracts out high-functioning people on the autism spectrum to do software testing, software development, you know, data-related stuff. And, I mean, it was like a lightning bolt. I said, what? Wow. Because, yeah, and they bill them out like 50 bucks an hour and higher. I said, can you send me that article? Well, he sent me the article, and I started reaching out to this guy in Denmark, Torkel Sohn, <laughs> who had founded this consulting firm in Denmark. And I started sending him email. His email was actually in the Wired magazine article. Hmm. Well, he, I never, I didn't hear from him for like three months. And I'm a fairly persistent guy, so I kept <laughs> sending him emails. Finally got him on the phone, long story states, and met with us. And we struck a deal where we were able to open up the first U.S. or North American branch of that consulting business. I mean, how many other organizations in the United States of America are there like MindShift.Works? Well, I'm, I'm really glad to say that there are more than there used to be. Mm. And, and there's a couple of reasons for that. One, people are, are you know, we, we live in a great time. It's, it's actually as weird as this sounds, and I, I don't want people to be offended by this. It's, it is the best time ever to be a person on the autism spectrum. Because society is starting to recognize the gifts and talents of folks on the spectrum. There's television shows about, uh, what is it, The Good Doctor, I think, is a television show mm -hmm. about a, a young physician who's autistic. And it's, I think it's fairly uh, accurate. I, actually, one of the first people I talked to uh, when we started MindShift was a physician out in, out in New York whose son had graduated from medical school, and he's autistic. He had an undergrad in chemistry or chemical engineering, hmm. graduated medical school, couldn't get into a, um, a rotation as a resident because when he got stressed, he'd flap his hands and, you know, have some kind of traditional autistic behaviors, and sure. it freaked out the, the folks that he was interviewing with. Well, the guy is clearly bright. He graduated from medical school, <laughs> but he's got autism. So there, there are some challenges that come with that, but, but people are starting to recognize that there are some really unique skills here. And, and I will say the other thing that's working in our favor is that the job market is so tight mm -hmm. that even the Minnesota nice companies, when we first started talking to them nine years ago about this, and they would all say, oh, what a great idea. Yeah, that sounds real good. You keep us in touch, right? <laughs> that sounds so never, Minnesotan. <laughs> yeah, but but would, wouldn't dream of signing a contract with us because in the back of their minds, they're thinking, well, how disruptive would it be to have a person with autism working here? Mm. Well, now fast forward to 2019. You can't find a lot of people to do work. And if you want to find people who are really sharp, like in data analytics mm -hmm. or software development, they're even harder to find. And so really out of desperation, frankly, some companies are saying, uh, hey, tell me again about what you guys do. Can you find us people? And wow. we can. So how does your faith play into all of this, Tim Hansen? Well, you know, I said it before and I'll say it again. If you, if you are practicing your faith, so if, you, if you're praying, 
if you're in the Word and you're asking God to guide and direct you. That doesn't mean that you're always going to do what God wants you to do because we're human and I'm kind of hard-headed and I kind of have my own ideas on how things should be. (laughs) But if I keep regularly in contact with the creator of the universe and I keep asking him to guide and direct me, then if if I'm obedient and if I'm listening, then I should be doing what he wants me to do. I think it's really important that you look at your child and identify what their natural gifts and skills are and concentrate on developing those natural skills and gifts and not worry about what their deficits are. You're listening to I Work For Him with your hosts, Jim and Martha Brangenberg. We're Christ followers, our workplace, it's our mission field, but ultimately, I work for him. Thank you for listening to the I Work For Him Power Pod with your hosts, Jim and Martha Brangenberg. Want more? Hear the full broadcast at IWorkForHim.com. Stay connected and receive power pack content when you sign up for our blog at IWorkForHim.com or follow us on social media at IWorkForHim. And finally, if today's message inspired you, please subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast platform. Your review helps launch more workplace missionaries across the nation. That's at IWorkForHim and online, IWorkForHim.com.